At Alma, we know the connection between you and your therapist matters. But if you're already feeling stressed and burnt out, the idea of trying to find a therapist you really connect with can be overwhelming. That's why Alma's focused on helping you find the right therapist for you. When you browse their online directory, you can filter by the qualities that are most important to you. Then book free 15-minute consultations with any therapist you're interested in seeing. And because 95% of therapists at Alma accept insurance, you can find care that's affordable too. You want to talk to someone, but not just anyone. Alma is there to help you find the right fit. Visit helloalma.com slash therapy30 to schedule a free consultation today. That's helloalma.com slash therapy30. By the way, there's now Octordle. No. Oh my, that reminds me I haven't done Wordle today. I started, but I got stumped, so I walked away. I'm going to have to finish later. Okay. I got to start Meanwhile, later. I have one word in octordal, so I'll let you know how that goes. You're braver than me. Cordal might be as much as I can handle. And welcome to Happier in Hollywood, the podcast about how to be happier, healthier, saner, more creative, more successful, and more productive in a backbiting, superficial, chaotic, unpredictable, fundamentally insane world. I'm Sarah Fain, a TV writer and producer living in Ojai, right outside LA. And with me is my high school friend and writing partner, Liz. That's me, Liz Craft. On this podcast, we talk about being writers in Hollywood, how we balance a career and friendship, and how to survive the war of attrition that is life in Los Angeles. In today's episode, we're going to talk about re-entry after our trip to Puerto Rico. Then in Take a Hike, we'll discuss how we can stay healthy during our upcoming crunch time. In the mailroom, we've got a question about how to decide what to put in a pilot story. And finally, this week's Hollywood hack is something to remember in our personal and professional lives. But first, an update. In episode 250, we talked about our favorite 25 segments of all time. And one of them was down with exclamation points, which was about why we all use too many exclamation points. But we heard from Katie, who disagrees with us, Liz. Yes, disagrees exclamation point. She says, <laughs> hello, Liz and Sarah, exclamation point. I'm writing to you today in defense of exclamation points. A few years ago, I had a manager who claimed that I would, quote, never succeed at work because of my personality. She said that I was too bubbly, too friendly, and too outgoing to get ahead. Years later, I have left that company and that toxic manager. Since then, I have received multiple promotions and I'm doing great at my current company. Every time I send my work emails with exclamation points, I think of it as a giant middle finger to her and her outdated thoughts on what it takes for a woman to succeed in business. Nice girls can get ahead, double exclamation point. As a female in the corporate world, I remind myself every day that I can wear pink, send emails with exclamations, and still kick ass and take names. So for all you women out there who love exclamation points, stand loud and proud. Double exclamation. And that is from Katie. Sarah, who's going to argue with Katie? Exclamation point. I know. What, what cracked me up in her email was that she thinks of her exclamation points as giant middle fingers. <laughs> yes. Hilarious. So, and also screw that manager who 
who would say such an awful thing? So Katie, you're right. Exclamation points seem to work for you. Yes. I mean, I think it depends. We were saying you don't need exclamation points to prove that you are friendly and not a threat. Whereas Katie is using them to express her exuberant personality, which we can absolutely get behind. So I think it's all about the intent. Yes, she's being her authentic self. And for her, that absolutely works. So Katie, exclamation point, go for it. Double exclamation point. (laughs) Absolutely. Triple exclamation point. Woo! Okay, Sarah, it is time for From the Treadmill Desk of, in which we discuss what's most pressing in our work psyches. And this week it is re entry. Hmm. Yeah. Yes. <laughs> re entry so, is hard. It is. So we are home after three weeks in Puerto Rico. I'm working on Fantasy Island season two on location. And it is great to be home, but it definitely means that what we would call real life is crashing back in. Yes. Prior to going to Puerto Rico, there were all these things that seemed like they were distant. And it was like, well, we're going to go to Puerto Rico. All of that will be dealt with after. Dealt with after. Dealt with after. Well, now it's after. Yes. (laughs) And here we are. Yes. And not only here we are, but we're here and totally exhausted. Yes, because being there, it's fun, but it is grueling, partially just because set life is grueling and partially just not being home is grueling. And working in two different time zones. That's tough. Is a challenge. We were trying to keep the room going, obviously, in Los Angeles, which requires a certain amount of us being there, but it was four hours earlier, and that was tough. And then... Of course, we have a lot of production challenges, which when we're there, we're sort of more involved with trying to solve than we would be when we're here. Yeah. And of course, they all become clear as we start shooting, which we just did. Yes. So it was going, okay, so these are, this is what our challenges are going to be this season. But now all those things, now that we're back and tired and jet lagged, (laughs) um, we have just facing us like a slap in the face. I... Have to get deal with my driver's license renewal, which I think involves trying to get a real ID and my finally following through on getting the passports I need to get and doing yet again a round of doctor's appointments. And you, I mean, I have all the life stuff that's kind of what I would call the usual. You have huge life stuff that you would just say, okay, well, after Puerto Rico, after Puerto Rico. Right, yes. The first one, obviously, is moving. I'm moving in let's say, less than two weeks now. So yay for that. That's actually I'm really excited about, but obviously it's a tremendous amount of work. The good news is I didn't unpack the vast majority of my stuff. So a lot of it is already like boxed up and ready to go. But of course, there's just house stuff this morning. I was meeting with a floor guy. It's just so many things to do. And yes, the doctor's appointments, so many doctor's appointments. I have, you know, it's about time for cabin rental season. So I have to deal with all of that stuff. Most of it I don't have to do because we have our amazing caretakers in Minnesota who handle the kind of on the ground stuff. But it's all the 
internet stuff that I have to deal with. And then Violet's schooling. I don't think I've talked about this, but she's homeschooling for the second part of third grade. So I'm balancing all of that. So there's just a lot. There's a lot to do. Yeah. And Sarah, one thing people may not understand who aren't in the television business, and even if you're not at a certain level, you might not understand it if you are, is that when we're on set... We get behind in work, which sounds weird because we're there. How could we get behind? But our main goal in life right now, (laughs) right now, is to just move scripts through the process. We have to get 13 scripts broken, written, and approved. And the fact is, when we are on location, we just don't spend as much time working on the script side And inevitably, we get behind, and with our schedule, which as we have said probably a hundred times now, includes shooting six of those episodes in double days, we just have a crushing deadline schedule. So we are now back home and just looking at the calendar and realizing, oh God, we're way behind where we want to be. I mean, we were behind where we wanted to be when we started the season before exactly. day one. Yeah. So now we're two weeks behind that because of being on location. Look, it was important to go. It was right. important. That's the problem. Everything is important. So that's why we're always juggling and always feeling behind the eight ball. But it's going to be a real grind. It's like nose yeah. to the grindstone. It's like I am mentally preparing myself. And I would love if listeners have like, I don't know, mental tricks or ideas for how you get yourself into the mental state where you're like, it's just going to be a grind. I liken it to probably someone who's about to take the LSAT. You know, I love the Kardashians. And (laughs) recently, Kim Kardashian was studying for the bar, the baby bar, as they call it. She sent her kids out of the house. Now, she's lucky she could do this. Sent her kids out of the house, husband out of the house, and just had a tutor, basically like 8 to 12 hours a day online to study for the LSATs. And I'm like, that's the period of time I feel that you and I are entering into. And it's, it's kind of depressing, to be honest. I know. Well, Liz, actually... This is a perfect segue into our next segment, which is crunch time. What you're describing is commonly called crunch time. Yes, yes, yes. You're right. I'm already moving on to the next segment because it's the front of brain. It is. Absolutely. (laughs) All right. Well, that is a perfect segue, Sarah. So coming up, we will discuss crunch time. If you do have tricks for us to deal with this re-entry and the crunch time, which we will be discussing, please send them. Our email address is happierinhollywood at gmail.com. Uh, coming up, crunch time, but first is break. Liz, there is nothing I love more than having a delicious meal that I didn't have to cook, which is why I have been getting no prep, no mess meals from Factor. Meet your wellness goals in time for summer thanks to the menu of chef-crafted meals with options like calorie smart, protein plus, and keto. Factor's 
fresh, never frozen meals are dietitian approved and ready to eat in just two minutes. So no matter how busy you are, you'll always have time to enjoy nutritious, great tasting meals. Last night, I had blackened salmon with broccoli and with cauliflower rice. It was so delicious. It was the perfect dinner. Head to factormeals.com slash HIH50 and use code HIH50 to get 50% off your first box plus 20% off your next month. That's code HIH50 at factormeals.com slash HIH50 to get 50% off your first box plus 20% off your next month while your subscription is active. Okay, Liz, it's time for Take a Hike, in which we discuss mental, physical, and spiritual health. Today, we're going to talk about how to deal with our upcoming meaning, like we're in it right now, crunch time. Yes. Uh, yes. So as you said, we have these things called double days, which means for six of our episodes, two episodes are shooting at once. We're always on a tight schedule in TV, right? But this means that our schedule is... I'm going to say twice as tight, yeah, right, as yeah. on a regular TV schedule. And I do think that I'm literally knocking on wood. You can hear me knocking on wood and cheesy barking. <laughs> cheesy? Hush. That was me. Um, <laughs> cheesy. <laughs> it was me. Knocking on wood that it will hopefully never be as bad as last season because that was its own special hell. Yeah. But it's really going to be a crunch. Yeah, no matter how much we plan and stay focused, it's just an overwhelming time. Yeah. There's just kind of nothing we can do to keep it from being overwhelming. We're kind of facing it and wondering how do we deal with it? Like how do we yeah. stay mentally healthy and physically healthy because both are going to be tough. Um I I think you said on the podcast, Sarah, that after last season, your doctor told you you aged 15 years. <laughs> yes. And I'm sure- I don't have another 15 years to age this season. <laughs> exactly. So we got to take some of that back. Yeah. And it just doesn't leave a lot of time for self-care. And also you and I are very, we are diligent deadline types. We feel the need to deliver on time. We're not people who will just be like, well, screw it. We'll hand it in next week. <laughs> yes. And we definitely also, we really think about our production challenges, our yes. lean budget, and we know that people really yes. need as much time to prep as they can get. Yes. That is just on a side note, something about a lean budget is that the later something is, the more expensive it is because yeah. suddenly you have to FedEx something or fly to Miami to get it. <laughs> Expenses go up. So it's... Yeah. It's important that we be mindful of that. Yeah. So how are we going to deal with it? Because I know you've been thinking about how you want to deal with it. Yes. I think the what's hard really is that realistically, there's just not going to be a lot of self-care in my right. life for the next three months. So I'm just kind of thinking about what do I need to prioritize, which is one, therapy, I'm, I'm going to make sure that I kind of stick to a therapy schedule so that if I have to let go of things, that's the one thing that I'm like, sorry, can't be in the room right now. I have to do this. Good. Because that does help. Two, I'm not going to be doing a lot of meditating, hiking, all of these things that I ideally like to do, but we're just not going to have time. But there's something very simple that I've been doing, which is called box breathing. Now, what is box breathing? <laughs> okay. You... Breathe in to the count of four, hold 
to the count of four, breathe out to the count of four, hold to the count of four. So it's a 16 second breath, basically. In, hold, out, hold. And if you do that four times, eight times, it's really, really soothing, calming. It's like a little dose of meditation almost. So that's something simple that I can integrate. Yes. And then I ordered, and it hasn't come yet, so I'll report back, but I ordered a food delivery service that's supposed to be really fast to prepare. Mm. So instead of ordering food, instead of cooking something complicated, I'm just ordering this thing. It's supposed to take 15 minutes. We'll see. And then just really taking it one day at a time. One day at a time, one moment at a time. And at the end of this, I'm looking to the end when everything has come out beautifully. I want to go to Minnesota for like a month. I can still work from there. Yes. Yes. But that's what I'm kind of focusing on. Just going to Minnesota, relaxing, lake, beauty, peace. Looking forward to that. Okay. Now, Liz, what about you? What are you going to do through this crunch time? Well, definitely for my mental health, playing with Daisy and Nacho, our puppies. Yes. I mean, it, it definitely improves my, it's what you've been telling me all these years. It improves yes. my mood. It relaxes me. It de-stresses me. It gives me serotonin love rush. Well, Liz, I also, I have to interject here. Nacho is wonderful, but Daisy is so damn cute. I, I mean, she's, oh my gosh. She's You've like a little snuggly button. It's adorable. Yes. So I am definitely enjoying having the two dogs. I'm <laughs> I'm I'm a two-dog person. I'm gonna be that advocate from now on. And then also I'm really gonna make an effort to go to bed earlier mm. because the last hour that I'm awake is when I do like the most damage. <laughs> Health-wise, that's when I eat the most. That's when I am just like a zombie scrolling, all of that. So what I want to try to do is go to bed earlier to just cut out a lot of junk that I tend to put in my body. What is your target time? Do you have a time that you want to go to bed? Probably 11, realistically, based on the amount of work we have to do. Like, if we didn't have this crunch time coming, I'd probably say I'm going to try for 10, 10 But given work, yeah. I think 11 is probably what it's going to be. Because I just need a certain amount of time. Even if we finish at 9, I can't then just go to bed at 9.15. I need that decompression time. I need my housewives time. (laughs) Of course. So that's my goal. And I think then I'll get more sleep, which in and of itself makes you healthier. And I won't do things that make me unhealthier. So I think if I can just stick with that and then stay on the treadmill desk when we have the room and various other Zoom meetings, that will be helpful. So that's my plan. It's not grand. It's small, but I hope in being small, it's actually doable. Yes. Well, puppy, any plan that involves puppies is a good plan. (laughs) All right. Well, Sarah, here we go. Crunch time. Hopefully we'll both (laughs) not age 15 years during it. (laughs) Okay, now it is time for a question from the mailroom, and this comes from Jen. She says, this may be too big for the time on the show you have to answer, but here goes. I am a director. My husband is an actor. Both of us have written or rewritten scripts for our productions over the last two decades. However, we do not call ourselves writers. 
We definitely have never taken on a project of this magnitude in the sci-fi fantasy space, and now we find ourselves in a quandary. How do we figure out our pilot? We have outlined the feature we want to write, but before we move on to that, we want to break a pilot, 22 minutes, give or take, to film as a proof of concept as well as a showpiece for us both, especially me as I work to get that first TV directing gig. It's a very big, expensive genre, so we have those issues in mind as places to trim, but we are stuck. We've thrown out just taking out parts of the feature and making a condensed version. We've talked about changing up the overall conflict and other story elements. We've talked about ripping it in a million pieces and throwing it against the wall to see what sticks. Ha ha. How do you figure out what's your pilot? How do you know what must stay, what can wait, how much of a cliffhanger is okay, and a biggie, how much backstory do we really need to learn about our characters in that 22 minutes? How did you make those choices for Fantasy Island? How did you get to the yes, this is it moment? So that's a big question, um, and it's kind of two different questions because, first of all, ours are like 42 minutes, so it's different. Yes. Well, and then the other question, which I'm a little torn about this, because, Liz, the question is, should you even do a pilot if what you really want to do is a feature film? A pilot is the first episode of a TV series, but it sounds like you want to make a feature. So I'm not sure that a pilot is actually the best way to approach it. Liz, what do you think about that? Well, she is trying to also get a TV directing gig, but I do think choosing fantasy sci-fi as your genre is quite risky because without money, how do you do that? You know, I mean, that is one of the more expensive genres. And so what you don't want is something that looks cheap. Right. But on the other hand, if that's what you want to do, we always say you're best off doing what you really want to do. Well, and if you or your husband are good at VFX, which a lot of people can do on their computers themselves now, then it may work out just fine. But it is a real question. Like, I'm torn about whether we should even give you advice about a pilot or if we should be <laughs> right. saying, Jen, take the your favorite part of your feature script, write 20 minutes of that yeah. with character and action, and shoot that instead and just send it with a treatment for your right. feature. Right. That could be a good option. If they're bent on doing a pilot, what I would say just to answer the pilot question is you just want to make sure you have what we call money scenes, which is scenes that really pop, really land, something to give you a chill, something that just grabs the attention of the viewer or the reader. In our case, it's a script that we're sending out. As little amount of backstory as possible, because backstory tends to be exposition, and exposition is very hard to execute well. Usually people can catch up to where you are, so I would say the absolute bare amount of backstory. And yet, you want to make sure that you're introducing your characters in very specific ways, so that who your character is is very clear very quickly. Yes, which doesn't require backstory, to be clear. No, it's just about being making them specific and making them jump off the screen. Well, and you just have to make sure if you want to do a pilot that it has a beginning, middle, and end. So in 22 minutes, you have to pick a story that's not unwieldy for that time frame. Like, it can't be too huge, 
But you can have as big a cliffhanger as you want. The bigger the cliffhanger, the better, I would say. Yes, if anyone cares. I mean, it has to be something that someone cares about. It can't be like, oh, and is the world going to end? Because that's just too big unless we really care about the characters. Yes. It's all about caring about whether what's going to happen to the characters. What obstacle do these characters have to overcome in the episode and in the overall big arc of the season of the series. Yeah. And just so you know, it is really hard to decide what goes into a pilot. For instance, on Fantasy Island, I believe we tossed two to three A stories before we landed on... I mean, and when I say tossed, I mean we had completely broken them, thought we were ready to go, and then it was like, nope, that doesn't work. (laughs) And it was thrown out whole cloth. So... It's not easy. And there have been other times, Sarah, when we landed on stories. I'm thinking of a pilot we did for ABC called Plastics about plastic surgeons. And we Mm -hmm. had an A story that was very emotional, but it wasn't big enough, ultimately. And I think maybe had we done a bigger A story, like involving a big catastrophe of some sort, maybe that would have gone, but we chose something smaller. So what you choose is incredibly important. Yes. And again, it has to be something that will work in 22 minutes. So if it, if you can do something big in 22 minutes, which sitcoms do all the time, it just depends on the, the tone of your genre piece. Yes. It sounds like you're pondering whether you want to do beginning, middle, and end, or just like a section of it. But if you're only doing a section, I think it just has to feel satisfying in and of itself. Yes. You're taking on something that's extremely difficult. So I think it goes back to what Sarah said, which is, is this the right thing to be doing at all? Right. It's funny because it takes me back to one of our primary gripes about writers right now being required to write pilots as their sample scripts. There is nothing harder than writing a pilot. Like, it's the hardest thing to do. So you take people who are just beginning their career as writers and give them the hardest possible assignment, and then everyone's going to judge them on it. (laughs) It's yes. just like totally ridiculous, but that is what we are doing now, right it or is. wrong. You and I had been working seven years before we wrote a pilot. Yeah. Actually, maybe even eight before yeah. we even attempted a pilot. And then that pilot got shot and the entire thing got thrown out and we had to rewrite it again and <laughs> yes. shoot it again. And it did get on the air, but I mean, it's like, yes. it's hard to write a pilot. It's hard to write a pilot. So we wish you luck. Hope this is yes. helpful. And always uh, just make sure there's a good twist. And people care. People just have to care about your characters. Yes. Okay. Coming up, this week's Hollywood Hack will make someone's day better. But first, this break. This episode is brought to you by Progressive Insurance. Whether you love true crime or comedy, celebrity interviews or news, you call the shots on what's in your podcast queue. And guess what? Now you can call them on your auto insurance, too, with the Name Your Price tool from Progressive. It works just the way it sounds. You tell Progressive how much you want to pay for car insurance, and they'll show you coverage options that fit your budget. Get your quote today at Progressive.com to join the over 28 million drivers who trust Progressive. Progressive Casualty Insurance Company and Affiliates. Price and coverage match limited by state law. 
Okay, Liz, it's time for this week's Hollywood hack inspired by our Fantasy Island production supervisor, Amanda. We were on set and she came up to us and gave us the loveliest compliment that she was passing on from someone else. And it made our whole day. It sure did. And we thought, (laughs) this is so lovely of you to come up and pass on a compliment. And we thought we should all be doing this. We should be doing it certainly at work, also in our personal lives. If you hear a compliment to someone and you happen to see that person, tell them. Because as we all know, it lands harder when you're getting it third hand, a compliment, when you know someone didn't have to say that to your face. It just makes you feel so good. Yes, it's really true. So pass on a compliment. And thank you, Amanda, for passing a compliment on to us. Yes. And that is it for this episode of Happier in Hollywood. For questions or comments, email us or send us a voice memo to happierinhollywood at gmail.com. Thanks for listening and please follow us if you haven't already. Thank you to our executive producer, Chuck Reed, and everyone at Sankola Sound. You can follow them on Instagram at Sankola Sound. Thanks to everyone at Cadence 13. And as always, thank you to Gretchen Rubin. Happier in Hollywood is part of the Onward Project. Listen to the other Onward Project podcasts. Happier with Gretchen Rubin, Side Hustle School, Do the Thing with Whole30's Melissa Urban, and Everything Happens with Kate Bowler. Get in touch. I'm on Instagram at Fain and Liz is at Liz Craft. We also have a Facebook group. Search for Happier in Hollywood on Facebook to join in on the conversation. Until next week, I'm Liz Craft. And I'm Sarah Fain. Thanks for joining us us it's a fun job and we enjoy it hold on sorry chuck yeah. hold on one second what's up um to be quick is it good is it okay that i can't finish the chicken coop because i really need help doing something and um can we finish it uh later together yeah what is it that you can't do I can't get the the coop plane out of the bag, and it's, oh. now it's really hard, and I'm getting really tired. So yeah, can we fine. just put the coop plane in together later? Yes. Thanks. Okay. <laughs> I love you. Love you too. Close the door. From the Onward Project. <laughs>